I'll tell you, it's an honor to be here this morning. All right. So, um, as he mentioned, I, d- I did an internship here 26 years ago under Bruce McBride. So, um, that little skinny fellow that you saw, well, he, I got out a little bit, okay? <laughs> I, know, I do need to remember seeing one familiar face right here because I know you used to be the janitor, right? Yep. So. And I do remember that this place is a maze, okay? As one just mentioned, that someone got lost in the stairwells. <laughs> so, um, but no, I, I've been looking forward to this um, ever since Pastor Bird called and asked if I could come. Last week, I spoke over at Loman, okay? And I, I live in Clendenin, so I spoke over at Loman. And then the next two Sundays, I'll be in Galilean. And so Pastor Bird called and asked if I could Fill in, and I was going back in my mind, I was like, please say June 9th, please say June 9th. And he said, June 9th. I said, good. <laughs> so, uh, but this is, I've been looking forward to this um, ever since he called and asked. So, um, and I know he's leaving, and we're praying for you all. Uh, you know, time of transition. And when change happens, it's scary, isn't it? Take your Bibles if you would. I want to go to Psalm chapter 3. Psalm chapter 3 this morning. And I want to give you a story behind um, how this has become in our church. I go to Mount Pleasant Baptist Church down in Elkview. And there I play the organ, help with the choirs, teach Sunday school, um, a deacon, and do whatever else they need. Uh, And so... Don't hold it against me because that's where Elk Valley Christian School is. And I don't know Emmanuel and Elk Valley are rivals, so don't hold that against me. Okay? And also I have the opportunity. I've seen um, different choirs because I judge fine arts uh, every year. They're in Beckley or wherever the junior high and elementary is. And so whenever I see Emmanuel coming, I know it's good. Okay? But um, a few years ago, our choir director, he said, um, he said, David, I want you to um, listen to this song. And it was by the Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir. Okay, and if you've, if you've ever heard them, they are awesome. Okay? And they sang this song called Thou, O Lord. And the first time I heard it, I got those goosebumps to hearing that song. And I said, man, we got to do it. And if you've heard it, if you've heard their arrangement of it, it's difficult to learn. That has become one of our favorite songs to sing in our choir. We learned it. And we've sung it a few times. And right before revivals, we've had revival meetings, we started singing it. In March, uh, January, March, somewhere around there of 2016, our church voted to take out a loan to help get a new school built so we can get the kids, the elementary kids, out of the, the church part and put them in a new building. And so as a, as a church, the school didn't have the money to finish the project, so the church said, we'll take on the debt, we'll finish it up. We'll do it. That was $700,000. June 23rd, 
of 2016. That might be another day for up through here, but for us, it's a day that changed our lives forever because we got flooded. Now, with our family, I have two girls. One's 22, the other one's 18. And my wife and my daughter were at home. And one of the scariest things is I get on the phone and she said, get home now. Or no, she said this, water's coming in the house. And I said, I'm on my way. I had a payroll issue that I had to take care of. And I said, I'll be home. Well, when she said, water's getting in the house, I'm gone. I get up there, I couldn't even get it. I got off the exit. I had to turn around at the um, parking ride because I couldn't get through all the water. So there's my wife and daughter stuck at home. About an inch of water got in the house. Thankfully, everything was fine there. Babysitting two kids. My other daughter is at Alpine Bible Camp, and I'm stuck at Crossings Mall with the, when the bread wa- bridge washed out, if you remember that. So that's fun. But at our church, we had 53 inches of water get in the sanctuary. Destroyed basically everything in the sanctuary. We had eight feet of water get into the gymnasium. So we had donations come in. And um, the first Sunday, we decided to put church up in the gymnasium. We decided as a group to let's finish the school first, get the school started, then we'll worry about the sanctuary. The first Sunday we sang, Thou, O Lord. I just remembered everything that has gone on. And off and on, we would still bring that out to sing because just of the message into that song. We finally got the church done, and we were in debt. $1.2 million. And we got to the point that, you know how budgeting goes? You rob Peter to pay Paul? That was happening well, um, the Sunday before Mother's Day, our pastor said, you do not want to miss Mother's Day service. Invite your friends, invite your family. You do not want to miss this. We were like, okay, there's something going on. Okay? And we didn't know what, what all was going on, about ready to transpire. But on Mother's Day, he, he asked our, the pastor asked our choir director, he said, Will you all sing Thou, O Lord? We didn't have the music. And he said, yeah. We, had, we sang that thing from memory. Then he shared a story with us. And he said, he got a letter from a gentleman who's from New Jersey and um, who, who's very well off. And he talked about how the church really helped him through his time of cancer when he was a kid. He's a graduate from Elk Valley. Graduate from Bob Jones University. And he said, Pastor, I know the debt that you're all, you guys are in. I'm going to wire the church $1.2 million to pay off all the debt. We found that out. If you, if you, I'll tell you, if you go to our Mount Pleasant Baptist Church Facebook page, you'll get to hear the whole message of the letter and everything. When he announced that, there was not one person sitting down. But we go back to this psalm. Okay? And in fact, this morning we're having Celebration Sunday at the church. 
And I think that the gentleman and, and um, his wife are coming in for that. His dad has a birthday this week. But, um, you know, when he sold part of his business, he got the bonus and everything. And, and his guys, the, his co-workers, everything, he said, man, what are you going to do with this, all this money that you're, going, that you're getting? Are you going to buy you a new house? Are you going to buy you a new car? What are you going to do? And he said, well, there's this church in West Virginia. Who got flooded out three years ago? And God put it on my heart. I need to wire them the money to um, pay off the debt. Went church when you think things are impossible. That's when God steps in and does the possible. Okay? You know when he said to Mary, with God all things are possible? And later on he says, with God nothing shall be impossible. I want you to look here in Psalm chapter 3. And I want you to see David here as in the first two verses. You're going to see how dark and dim his his life is at this point. And what's going on. Look, Look at verse number 1. It says, Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? Many are they that rise up against me. Many there be which say of my soul, there is no help for him in God. Selah. Can you see in those first two verses how dim and dark the situation is and he felt like there's no way he could get out? What prompted David to write this psalm? He's running for his life from a man named Absalom, his son. His son Absalom is trying to take over David's kingdom trying to be the next king of Israel. And David runs and hides just like he did when King Saul was after him. He ran and hid and hid in caves. And he was in this cave, and he says, Many are they that rise up against me. He had trouble in the front. He had trouble behind him. He had trouble on his right side. He had trouble on his left side. Trouble was all around. And then it says this, Many there be which say of my soul, there is no help for him in God. Just like at our church. You think, okay, $1.2 million debt, and we thought, hey, maybe we can get part of it paid off within five years. and Things seem impossible. One of the theme songs we had is this song, He's Able. He's able. I know He's able. I know my Lord's able to carry us through. But I want you to look at verse number 3. He's looking around Him. Okay? He sees there's no help here. He's hearing there. There's no help. But look here, verse number 3. But Thou, O Lord. Now, I'm a numbers guy. I'd rather do spreadsheets, okay? And don't hold this against me. I know Brother Cross talked about the oil, oil and gas industry. I work for the, the Department of Environmental Protection, okay? So don't hold that against me, okay? I don't know environmental laws. Now, some things obvious I know, okay? I just know how to pay people, okay? That's my job. I do payroll. English was never my best subject. But, this one thing I do know, and that is that word, little word, but. It's a conjunction. 
And it's a contrast. Folks, when the surroundings look dim, when the surroundings look impossible, you look up, there's the hope. You look up, there's possible. Because God can do exceedingly abundantly above that which we are able. He's able to do that. Four things I want you to see here this morning. And just bear with me, I'm using my phone with my notes. I ran out of ink, to, so I couldn't print it out. But in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 5, it says this, For when we were come into Macedonia, this is Paul speaking, our flesh had no rest, but we were troubled on every side without, were fightings within, were fears. But thou, O Lord, four things I want you to get in this passage. For number one, and all these are going to start with an S, so you're going to figure out the first one, okay? First one here. But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory and the lifter of my head. So guess what the first S is? That's obvious, wasn't it? But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me. Now what does a shield do? It protects, doesn't it? Remember, have, we have the, the armor of God, okay? And um, you hold that shield, and it talks about in Ephesians chapter 6, above all, taking the shield of faith, that you may be able to quench the fiery darts that's coming at you. You got that shield, and here comes the fiery darts at you. And what are you able to do? To block them. I do karate. He's like, oh my land, watch out now. My girls have got me in this, okay? Let me tell you what we've had to learn to do. They say, okay, I, yeah, you can learn to fight and everything. Let me tell you what else we've had to learn to do. To block. And here's the thing. The, guy, the instructor says, don't feel like you have to block all the way out here. They just have to miss you by that much. See, the shield of faith is used for protection. We sing the song. You remember this old song? The Lord's our rock, and Him we hide. What's the rest of it? A shelter and a time of storm. When it's pouring the rain, what do we do? We hurry up and get out of the car and run to get in the building, don't we? Or we wait and say, maybe it'll slack off a little bit. Last week I was up in Loman. And coming back down this way, it started pouring the rain between Buchanan and Weston. Okay, it was so much so that I couldn't see right here. That, that's how bad it was. So I stopped off the rest area, and I was like, I forgot my umbrella. I wound up, it was in the back of my car, all the way in the trunk area. <laughs> when you stop at the rest area, you wait to slock off a little bit, and then... Get out the door and you run to the building. But if it snows, we'll just walk out. That doesn't make sense, does it? <laughs> but he says here, But thou, O Lord, are a shield for me. No matter what trouble that we face, God is right there to protect us. Do you realize that God has protected us from things that we don't even know happen? 
I remember one time when I worked at Owens Corning, and I, was, we lived, I worked in Charleston, and I was on my way home, and all of a sudden, I, I, my wife says I have the gift of gab sometimes. And so I was talking to a co-worker, and I was late getting out of there. Then I heard over the radio, they said, accident that happened about 15 minutes ago at mile marker 54. On my, on my way there, I would have been there if I didn't stay back and talk. You see, God is a shield. He is a protector. But not only that, but look also here. My glory and the lifter of my head. Not only is he, as a shield, he's our protector, but he's a restorer. He is a restorer. See, I'm sure David felt weak. I'm sure David felt tired. And yet God gives him the strength and restores his strength in him. So you see, number one, church, about our Lord, number one, he is a shield. But here's number two. I'll try not to fall. Look at verse number four. I cried unto the Lord with my voice, and he heard me out of his holy hill, Selah. I laid me down and slept, I awaked, for the Lord sustained me. Now what's the first S? All right, don't fall asleep on me yet, okay? What's the first one? Guess what the second one is? Yes. I cried unto the Lord with my voice. Folks, when there's nothing else to do, you can always cry out to the Lord. David cried out in the middle of that cave. And look at this. And he heard me out of his holy hill. How many of you are this type of person that when something's going on, you just want to fix it? Right? That's why I am. I remember when my oldest one was born. And I, my wife called me out of church that Wednesday night. I was a choir director at my home church that I was raised in. And I got a call um, at the end of the, uh, the last message. And my wife said, come home. I was like, okay. And the guy said, well, choir, there, apparently there will be no choir practice tonight because David had to leave. We drove up to the hospital. And um, she said, hon, just lay down and go to sleep. I know you've been up since five. Just lay down in her sleep. And I, I did. I slept in the chair. All of a sudden, I wake up and I hear two words fetal distress. And here comes the nurses, the doctors, and you know how it is when you first wake up, you got all the cobwebs. And my mom was in there, and mom asked the nurse what was going on. They said fetal distress. Apparently, Tabitha decided to grab hold of the umbilical cord. They get her in an OR, and I'm sitting over there on the side. Okay, they've got my wife prepped and everything. And talk about a helpless situation. We felt helpless. I only had to say two words. 
Lord, help. Lord, help. And then a song came to mind. It was an old Kingsman song. He's all I need. When I just need someone to talk to. He's always there to hear my prayer each time I call. And He heard me, folks, out of His holy hill. She's 22 years old, by the way, my daughter is. But listen, through the darkest of trials, the Lord is our sustainer. How do we know He's a sustainer? I want you to see this. I want you to see His presence. And He heard me out of His holy hill. You know what? God has never left us alone. He's right there with us every step of the way. You know, the last part of um, Matthew chapter 20 says, And lo, I am with you whenever I feel like it. Always. That means all the time. Even until the end of the world. He hasn't left us high and dry, folks. He's right there with us. You remember that stuff about poem of the footprints in the sand? How the beginning of his life there were two sets of footprints. Then at one point there was one set and then there were two sets of footprints. And the guy said, Lord, during my lowest times, I only saw one set of footprints. Where were you? Have we ever asked that before? God, where are you? Jesus said, you know, during that time, that's when I was carrying you. Look at this, folks. He is our sustainer. He has not left us alone. He is right there with us every step of the way. But not only do you see God's presence, I want you to see God's peace. Because look at this. Verse number 5. I laid me down and slept. I awake. Where the Lord sustained me. Not only do you see God's peace here, but I want, you're going to see God's peace here. You have His presence, now you have His peace. Even in the midst of the storm, here is David. He slept, he awaked. I'm going to read into this a little bit. It wouldn't surprise me if he slept like a baby that night. Because he had the peace of God which passes all understanding. Some people are going to say, how are you all able to do this? Or how, how are you able to, to go through this situation that you've gone through? It's called the peace of God that passes all understanding. In John chapter 14, verse 27, it says this, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither, neither let it be afraid. Philippians 4, 7 says this, And the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. You may be going through a dark time right now. Your pastor's leaving here in a couple weeks. It might have been a shock. Some of you might say, what do we do now? 
I'll tell you what you do. You look to the Lord. And you rely upon Him. Because see, the Lord is our shield. The Lord is our sustainer. But here's the third thing I want you to see. Now this word's not in there. Just to let you know. I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people that have set themselves against me round about. You have God as our shield. God is our sustainer. But here's number three. God is our strength. God is our strength. What does Philippians 4.13 say? Oh, don't go. Did you hear that? I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. How can we do the things that we do? It's in His strength. If we try to do things in our own strength, guess what's going to happen? We're going to fail. We're going to get down, get discouraged, and say, might as well just give it up. But we go in His strength. He is able to do above that which we are able. See, in, in the strength of God, there's the absence of fear. There's the absence of fear. First Timothy 1.7 says, 2 Timothy 1.7 says this, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Deuteronomy 31.6 says this, Be strong and of good courage. Fear not, nor be, dis- be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, he it is that doth go with thee. He will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. I want you to imagine in 1 Samuel chapter 30 David comes back from a battle. And in fact in this battle he was siding with the Philistines. He was going to try to help the Philistines to go against Israel. And the Philistine says, David we don't need you. Just head back home. So here's David and his army and they go back to a place called Ziklag. And when they come back to this place called Ziklag, he, they come home to nothing. They come home to a burned up city. They come home expecting to see their wives, expecting to see their children. And guess what they saw? Not them. They were gone. But the Bible says this, that David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. They were tired. They were wore out. And some of them was even seeking for David to kill him. Because, David, it was your fault. But David said, God, what do you want us to do? Do you want us to pursue? God says, yes. Will we recover all? God said, yes. So in the strength of the Lord, David went after the Amalekites that destroyed their city. And on the way, 
they found a, a, a man there who was sick. They let, he was sick. He was there for three days because he, he was a slave to the Amalekites. Found out he was sick, so they were going to leave him there to die. But before that, they went to this brook called Bezor. And there were like 200 men, if memory serves me right, they were just so tired and faint they just couldn't go on. And you know what they did? They stayed by the stuff. Others went forward. And get this, church, they recovered all. But the only way they were able to do it is because of the strength of the Lord. The only way that we can get through the things that we get through each and every day is through the strength of the Lord. In His strength, there's the absence of fear. But not only this, but there's also confidence. At our workplace, this is, a, this is kind of amazing. Um, at a state office, we are allowed to have a Bible study once a month. I know it's strange, right? We've been doing this now for like four years. And in fact, there's a gentleman that comes in. He's from Capital Commission. He is a missionary to our legislatures there in Charleston. His name's Tim Polly. In fact, he was my instructor when I was at Appalachian Bible College one year. He'd just gone through a series in Romans chapter 8. And one of the things that he brought out was this, and, that, and it's Romans chapter 8, it says this, verse 31. What shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who could be against us? If God be for us, who could be against us? I talked to a fellow one time. He was on his deathbed. And he, 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 just, he wasn't on his deathbed yet. I'm sorry. He, he just wasn't healthy physically. And he told me, he, has, he said, you know what, David? I said, what's that? He says, I'm a winner either way. If I'm here on earth, I'm a winner. But if God should see fit that I die, I'm a winner. Folks, that's the confidence of, that we have. Philippians 1.6 says this, Being confident of this very thing, that he who hath begun a good work in you will continue to perform it before till the day of Christ. Folks, there's confidence. The confidence is in Jesus Christ. The confidence is in His strength. The confidence is not here. It's in Him. So you see, but Thou, O Lord, He is healed. Thou, O Lord, He is a sustainer. Thou, O Lord, He is our strength. But there's a number four. Verse 7 and 8. I rise, O Lord, save me, O my God, for Thou hast smitten all mine enemies upon the cheekbone, Thou hast broken the teeth of the ungodly, salvation belongeth unto the Lord, Thy blessing is upon Thy people, Selah. Guess what the last S is? Salvation. Salvation. God is our Salvation. 
Salvation means our deliverer. What did David says here? Salvation belongeth unto who? To the Lord. O Lord, save me. O Lord, deliver me. Aren't you thankful, folks, that the day that we got saved, that Jesus Christ delivered us from an eternity of hell? Think about that for a second. This is the worst we're going to see it. Because when we get into heaven, we don't have to worry about eyeglasses anymore. We don't have to worry about our our hair turning white or gray, whatever you want to call it, or loose. We don't have to worry about getting a visit from Uncle Arthur. If you know who I'm talking about? Arthritis. We don't have to worry about the dreaded C word, cancer, anymore. Because we're in the presence of God Almighty for all eternity. God has delivered us from hell. Here's a little sidebar with this. You see what God has delivered us from? Do we know people who has a one-way ticket straight to hell? I'll tell you what you do. The weekend after we we got flooded, there were people there to start cleaning out the church. We had a group come up with called Hearts with Hands. And even though we're there cleaning up and there are some 60 families within the church who got affected by the flood, let me tell you what happened. There was people there to hand out stuff and to share the gospel with people they came in. There was a Nazarene church up in Clendenin. Same thing, they came and they shared the gospel with people as they come in. We have a guy, he's 95. He was there on that Saturday and when everybody who come in is just inviting them to Jesus Christ, that's all he did. We saw people saved as a result. Listen, folks. Salvation belongs to the Lord. He has delivered us from hell. Let's go out and reach others for Him. But not only has He delivered us from hell, but I want you to see this. He's delivered us from our enemies. He's delivered us from our enemies. Who is our enemy? Elk Valley and Emmanuel are not enemies. Okay? WVU and Pitt are not enemies. Okay? They're rivals. But who's our enemy? It's Satan and his angels. That's who we're fighting against. And that's why Ephesians chapter 6 says, Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. You see, salvation belongs to the Lord. He delivered us from hell. He's delivering us from enemies. But also this, number three, look at this. He delivers us from the trials that we face. I want to go back to this gentleman who donated money. He had cancer. But I'm going to tell you, God delivered him from that. And you tell me what helped him? There was people within the church, even early in the morning. Okay, this is back 40 years ago. You can't do it now. One of the ladies, she's a nurse, she was a nurse. And she went in there and she just took his blood one morning so he wouldn't miss camp. And then took it down to the hospital for him. Listen, God is our deliverer. So when the surroundings looks bleak, we look up. 
That's why we, we have that song. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in His wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace. You see, things look bleak here. But we turn our pearls on Him and the things of earth will go strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace. How are they, Lord? How are they that trouble me? Many that are they that rise up against me. Many there be which say of my soul, there is no help for him in God. Selah. But thou, O Lord. Won't you see something here? In in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 7 through 10, it says this. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. Church, now than ever before, what do we need to do? We need to cling to Jesus Christ. We need to cling to God Almighty because He's the one that's going to get us through whatever trials that we face. He's going to get us through times of transition. God is the one that's able to do that. Let's pray. Father, thank You so much for Your Word. God, I thank You for this church. And Father, just the special place this church has in on my heart and how this church has been a a big influence on my life and Father this church is just I'm sure going through a rough time right now Father I want to pray that you would strengthen them Father I want to pray that you would just give this church wisdom and and direction on which way they need to go But also, Father, that they'll reach out, reach others for you. Father, I pray that we all will just cling to you, get close to you, reach out to you. I'm going to ask you to do this, church. Just continue to pray and ask God to search you. 
Maybe you're here this morning and you've never trusted Jesus Christ to be your personal Savior. Let me tell you something. You're on a one-way ticket to hell. Let me tell you what Jesus did for you. He died for you. He gave his life for you. Why? Because he loves you. He was buried and he rose again on the third day. And he's ascended up to the Father, seated upon the right hand, interceding for you and me. If you're here this morning, you've never trusted Jesus Christ. I want to encourage you to do that this morning. Maybe you're here and you say, Pastor, I am, I'm saved. I'm, I'm just struggling. Can I encourage you to do this right now just as you're seated? Whatever you're going through right now, turn it all over to Him. Just turn it over to Him. Let him handle it. Father, as you said in your word, casting all your cares upon him, for he careth for you. Thank you, Lord, for handling our burdens. Thank you, Lord, for bringing us through dark situations. You've done it before, and God, we know you'll do it again. When we give you thanks, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.